All right. So, um, hi, everybody. We're here today to do something we've been promising for a really long time, which is we're going to do some divination. We're going to apply our own sort of years of esoteric interpretation to actual readings. We're going to do one card readings. We invited Fortune's Wheelhouse patrons to submit questions over the last week. We don't know how long this is going to take. <laughs> Could take a while. So if we need to, we'll split it into two episodes. But everybody's question will get answered. We're going to be using the Tabula Mundi deck, Caloris Arcus, and alternating. Mel will use her deck and I will use my debordered, <laughs> desecrated version, which I absolutely love. And I guess we're going to start out with invocations to the relevant helper spirits. So Mel's going to do the invocation to Hrue, and I guess I will do an Orphic hymn to Hermes. Sounds good. All right. You first. Me first. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Hrue is the angel that oversees Tarot, according to the Golden Dawn. In the divine name Iao, I invoke thee. Thou great angel Hru, who art set over the operations of this secret wisdom, lay thine hands invisibly on these consecrated cards of art, that thereby I may obtain true knowledge of hidden things, to the glory of the ineffable name. Amun. All right. And now um, I'll do the, I guess, the regular, normal, vanilla Orphic hymn to Hermes in Greek. Cluthimu hermea dios angele maya dos huye, pancrates etorechon en agonia koiranethneton, elfron poikilobule diactore argei fonta, pteno pedile filandre loguthne toisi profeta, gymnasin hoschaires doliais tapatais trofiuche, Herme neu panton ker dempore lisi merimne hosche reseneches e renes hoplona memfes. Co rukiota makar eriunie poikilo muthe, ergasiais eparoge filethne toisenanankais, gloses denon hoplon tose basmion anthropoisi, cluthimu elchomenu biotu telos eslon opadzon, ergasiesi loguharisin caim nemo sunesin. All right, let's do it. All right. <laughs> it's cool because we both did our draws this morning and Mel got two cards related to Jupiter and I got two cards related to Mercury, which is just what we like. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got the fortune cards, so that's what we're going to be doing today. All right, yeah. <laughs> Spinning some yeah, fortunes. Yeah. All right, so I've got my uh, Google random number generator here, 1 through 27. And I'm going to spin this here dial, <laughs> hit this here button. All right, generate. Number 16. Number 16. All right. Oh, and we're doing this, obviously we're randomizing, and we're going to not read the person's name. It'll be anonymous or even initials. So hopefully you'll just recognize your question from when you sent it in. But if you don't remember, you can... Always email us or uh, contact us on Patreon and we'll figure out which one you are. I think most of them are specific enough that the person should be able to recognize it. All right. So number 16. Hi, folks. It's a boringly predictable question from me, I'm afraid, but one that's close to my heart nonetheless. How can I successfully complete a PhD thesis that reflects my full potential? Excellent. I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how can I complete a PhD thesis that reflects my full potential? Okay. You want to draw? Ah, oh, nine wow. of cups. Nice. And by the way, we're putting the card in one of, uh, one of Sue Landsman's excellent card stands, uh, which you can find on Etsy at, well, what you can find on Etsy. So nine of cups. I think their company is Raven in the World Tree. Uh, yeah. Raven in a World Tree is the shop. Oh, by the way, are we going to do reversals? Um, yeah, I, I wasn't know you've been looking if reversals. this one was, I just automatically flip them over. I'll tell you what, we'll read them as upright and I'll just, if it happens to come out reverse, I'll mention it yeah, and yeah. throw Sounds something good. in there. Okay. Okay. So, uh, nine of cups. So that's Jupiter in Pisces. Oh yeah. Good thinking. I don't know. The obvious answer to me is that they should pursue 
a topic that is their fondest wish. Yeah, you know? that's, I mean, that's the obvious answer mm-hmm. that first came to me too, is if you're going to be successful at something that takes as much long-term effort as a, as a thesis, then go follow your heart and find what makes you really happy to be working on putting that much effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also it's Jupiter, which, you know, has that higher learning feeling about it, that sort of pursuit of what you're most interested in. We could maybe say that the Pisces thing has gives it a little bit of a spiritual Spiritual, yes. And and as does Jupiter with Mm -hmm. philosophy and religion being part of Jupiter's umbrella as well. Yeah. And the fact that it's a nine also suggests to me that, you know, if they put in the effort it's going to succeed. There's a magical quality to that middle pillar energy. Plus, it is one of the, um, well, I was just, I've just been thinking about this generally, how the Deccan rulership gives you the skills, mm-hmm. a specific skill within that Deccan, but having it also be within the sign which that planet rules creates conditions which are favorable for that skill to be exercised. Also, the fact that it's a nine and particularly of cups says to me that there's definitely a need for there to be an emotional connection. I would agree. To connect emotionally to your topic or to the process itself. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about, like, what if it had been sorrow, <laughs> three of swords? Well, <laughs> then we would have read it differently. Exactly. Right? Well, he wasn't asking what's the likelihood he or she is going to complete. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how, how, how to, to go, go about, about it. it how to yeah. go about it. Yeah, there needs to be some sort of real heart investment rather than, for example, I guess the counterexample would be, you know, doing something that you feel is the smart thing to do right. or the marketable thing to heart do. Heart investment and a, a lightheartedness and feeling of joy, mm-hmm. you know, not a, a grind. Right. There's right. a lot of joy in this card. Right. And I, the fact that it's a minor also tells me that this is something that is within reach. It's not a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. All right. That was fun. Yeah. Shall we go on to the next? Yes. All right. Let's see. Number 24. I'll draw this one. Number 24. What do I need to know about this job opportunity in New Jersey? Hmm. Interesting. All right. Six of Cups. Excellent. (laughs) These are fun. Another excellent card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is the Lord of Pleasure, of course. Sun and Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I think that that bodes pretty double, well. Double sun. It's double a, it's sun. A double sun card because it's a six. One uh, of the double cabalistic and, ones. Uh, yep. Ruled, Deccan ruled by the sun, which is a really interesting combination with Scorpio. Mm-hmm. In this case, yeah. Quasi, because, you know, Scorpio is a deep, dark water sign. Mm-hmm. Yet we got double sun lighting up that uh, depths of the water. One of the things that comes to mind to me is that because it's Scorpio and because it's cups, there might be this sort of like surrender of the person's previous identity in taking on this new job rather than it being just, you know, like six of pentacles might be, well, here's a great financial opportunity for you. You'll get success, perhaps continuing on from work you've done before. But this one really seems like it goes to the heart of who the person is, how they see themselves. Yeah, definitely the transformative part of Scorpio and with the sun added a positive transformation, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. a, a new, a new ego expression, which has yeah. a lot to do with the sun and Scorpio. And it can also, it's interesting because we were just writing about this for the book, the six of cups. And I was thinking about how the six of cups really looks because it's associated with the death card. It looks ahead to um, what you are passing on, not just about yourself, but, you know, what you give to the next generation. Often it's a card of children, but we all have many different kinds of children in this world. You know, there is a pleasure literally in being able to, oh, look, it's sun time now. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect for sun and Scorpio. You know, there's a pleasure in being able to pass on the best you have to offer and then say, I have done my job. Mm -hmm. Also, this card in particular always makes me feel there's something about the concept of freedom. So I think you're going to have a good sense of freedom to to um, express yourself mm-hmm. in this job. The liberty side of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. That combination of sun and six really makes this card very special in a way. I mean, it's sort of like that solar journey, the sun's capacity to change and transform us and to be reborn. All right. 
Yeah, it's, I think it's a it bodes very well for the job. It does bode well. I mean, I, I can Lord think of a few pleasure, few minors I'd rather get. And, and for that, it might even. I mean, this is definitely kind of out in left field, but there may even be a situation where you meet someone <laughs> at that not job impossible. because it's, it's not a, impossible. Know, it's a, yeah card that also has a little bit to do about sexual pleasures so mm-hmm. maybe you'll meet a partner or something <laughs> <laughs> not impossible. you never know you're not impossible all right next one is number 27 number 27 what should i focus on in my magical practice Ooh, this is an interesting one i ask that question all the time <laughs> The Emperor. The Emperor, wow. Yeah, that's, you know, the card of Aries, so it has a lot to do with the self, mm. an expression of the self. Yeah, and it also makes me think of highly structured ritual type, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like ceremonial magic. Ceremonial as a, magic, yeah. Not organized religion, which I would think of as more the hierophant, but the idea that there is a very um, elaborate applied kind of approach to the magic. And also, there could be a kind of like, you know, tarot just saying, just do it. Just decide to do it. You right. know? <laughs> You're the boss. <laughs> Sometimes tarot's like that. <laughs> and, uh, and the and fact focus that. Focus on your own autonomy. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it may be that the emperor has to do with structure, but it's a self-created structure. It's not following someone else's structure. Aries is very pioneering and goes their own way. Right. And that feeling also that it's okay to be the person who starts the thing. You know, yeah. we all have to start somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay to go into that with a feeling of empowerment, even if you think, who am I to be doing this work? Well, you're you. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we should. Uh, so, you know, Mel reads the emperor as Tzadi. I read it as Hay. This is a Thoth-based deck. I could argue that you have to read it as Tzadi. You know, <laughs> you if you're using a that. different deck, then maybe, that. you know, if you're using Rider Waite, mm-hmm. go the other. So how hay. would you interpret Tzadi? Well, you know, the fish hook, the, the drawing in. So there's some element of drawing in towards you these things grasping yeah yeah yeah. grasping hooking and grasping these concepts that appeal to you and and drawing them in to work with Mm -hmm. mars oh mars mars ever i mean magical (laughs) i I don't know how he feels about planetary magic but um yeah and also mars gives you um the willingness and force to break the ground right Right. even if it's new to you yeah and that's that's his character in the sign of Aries. Oh, and the other thing about the emperor is sometimes questions of the father come into it, you know, in the same way that questions of the mother mm, come into the emperor. That means uh, ancestral stuff yeah. from the father's line to perhaps, or a father into. figure within the tradition, mm-hmm. something like that might be uh, help set the help set the stage or create the architecture for the person to step into. Pretty interesting. I think it's a good sign. All right. Um, next, number one. My question for the one card answer. What's the next most important tool I need to learn for my self-healing journey? Can you repeat that again? What's the next most important tool? I don't know what they mean by next most important, but maybe Uh just they already have some. Yes. What's the next most important tool I need to learn for my self-healing journey? Okay. That's a really interesting question. I've never heard it phrased quite like that. Most important tool for self-healing journey. Yeah. Okay. Here goes. It's the two of wands. More Aries. Yeah, more more Aries. More Mars. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well, you know, I think there's a sense of conceive of it as a completely fresh start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's the very first um, card, the first deacon of the Zodiac mm-hmm. and um, taking charge yeah. to take charge of your healing journey. Yeah. And to raise energy too. there's a fieriness mm-hmm. and a sort of like whatever it takes to make you feel that enthusiasm and fire for life go towards that. Yeah, I don't know what kind of healing they're they're dealing with, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, spiritual, emotional, or physical. But also, if it's a physical thing, I would suggest heat. Heat, absolutely. Spicy things, garlic, pepper. Yes. Mars things. Mars things. Yes. <laughs> Onions. Yeah. <laughs> Leeks. Iron. Iron's helpful for mm-hmm. that. Um, redstones and hematite. 
things that build the blood as well. And and physical exercise. Physical exercise. Because um, Aries, yeah. Mars, I mean, that's all about, it when it comes to the body, about the exertion. The drive. Yeah, the- yeah, getting your blood pumping. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think also there might be something about confidence in this. About Definitely. Just stepping forward with confidence. Definitely. Yeah, taking charge of yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, just like we mentioned with the emperor, going your own way in, in autonomy, not necessarily doing what someone else tells you to do, but doing what you think you need to do. Yeah. And you know, here's a very sort of specific, for example, of how this might play out in your life. For example, you know, to create that sense of confidence and energy, you could do something martial, like a martial art, like take up kickboxing or something, mm-hmm. you know, right. um, to get both the physical and the energetic into your body, you know, as a literal tool. Or it could be like, you know, I don't know, hammering some shit. <laughs> Very martial. Okay. All right. Let's see. Next one is number 15. Number 15. I'm currently in a weird period of upheaval in my professional life. So my question is, what is the best direction for me to go? Do I stay put or do I move to where I want to be job wise? Do I stay put or do I move to? What is the best direction for me to go? Do I stay put or do I move to where I want to be job wise? Okay. Do you think that's a geographic question? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds, it sounds like it could be geographic, but it also sounds like just job change in general. Yeah. Do they stay in the job that they're yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do they change jobs? Yeah. Change I think, direction. I think that's right. Like sort of going more in the direction of something they hoped for, but maybe didn't feel ready to yeah, do. Yeah. And I'm not prepared mm-hmm. to read too much into their, mm-hmm. what they mean by that, but I think we have enough yeah. to go on. Do they Absolutely. stay in their job or do they not? And is, do we get a card it, that's more stay like or more you know. go like? <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? The Ooh, sun. The sun. Ooh, Ooh Wow. Wow. We're getting some pretty powerful cards. Yeah, right? so far, huh? Yeah. So, well, we were talking about liberty and freedom in the yeah, sun before. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a more of a go than a stay it to me. It does to me as well. It's something that lets your individual light shine. When you say go towards where I want to be, the sun is all about what you want. Exactly. That's your higher guardian, guardian angel in a sense. The sun is your inner light that, you know, that guides you. Yeah. I've been seeing the sun a lot for clients lately and I, I almost see it as kind of a big yes, kind of like the ace of wands. Just sort of like, yes, do the thing, you right. know, yes, be who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Do you? You do you. Yep. Um, and if it is a geographic question, go, mm-hmm. go, go. Because that's my son. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because the, the sun is associated with resh, mm-hmm. you know, there's that feeling of turn your head in the direction you want to go. Yeah. You know? And there's something about the face mm-hmm. and the sun as being out there, mm-hmm. putting oneself out there, you know. Uh, public, public. Public self. Yeah. Letting yeah. oneself be seen and shine. I don't know if that type of career is something they've been thinking about where it's Mm -hmm. more uh, public face. Yeah. And often what, not saying that this is the case for this person, but often what stops people from making the career change that they most want to do is the fear of what risks come with being seen in that way. And I think what the sun says is you should just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Show your face. Also face is, you know, not just our physical face, but our reputation, our image, mm-hmm. you know, the way we present to the world. And I think that coming into a truer face or com- coming into a truer image of ourselves is part of what this card is suggesting. Yeah. And the sun has light, you know, light itself, the guiding light, yeah. um, careers that have to do with light, uh, you know, light working, yeah. uh, things like that. Yeah. One of the things I always think about with the sun is that each of us comes here with this is something Lon talks about, which I really love. I think he does anyway. <laughs> Each of us comes here with, with a gift that only we have, you know? Yeah. Right? And if you don't use the gift, then that's a pity because, you know, nobody else has exactly what you have. And you might as well turn into that and let it shine while you're here. All right. Yep. That's a go. That's a go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number 13. Number 13. What do I need to know about the offer from a business group 
who want me to join their team to help get their venture up and flying. Hmm. A business group that wants them to join their team. What do I need to know about the offer from a business group who want me to join their team to help get their venture up and flying? Okay. All right. That's a good question. Let's see how that looks. All right. Ooh. Ooh, Eight of wands. Eight of wands. wands. Nice. I think that's a pretty good sign. And it's it's kind of funny that they said up and flying, <laughs> up and, flying and we get yeah. the nine of wands. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah. the uh, eight of up wands. And, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally about flying. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a quality to this card that says it's welcome news. You know, pretty much what you see is what mm-hmm. you get in terms of you know, if their concern is that it's not, it's too good to be true or whatever, it's not something you need to worry about. The arrow flies straight. I would say also, too, because of its association with swiftness, mm-hmm. he or she is yeah. asking uh, what they need to know about the offer. And I would say if it's something you're interested in, to grab it fast. Right. I think it's ephemeral. It's, it, yeah. It yeah. might not... They might move on if you hesitate too long Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Or it seems like it could be a temporary position, you know, something that they just do. It's a swiftly moving thing. Join the team and then leave the team kind of thing. Yeah. It's hard to say uh, with one card how it's... Yeah. How it's going to play out. It's definitely a positive card. I I always Mm -hmm. associate this card Mm -hmm. with... Because it's, you know, fortune Mm -hmm. and... The magician. Yeah. The magus and fortune. I mean, it's a very good combination. Yeah. I almost think that the, the, the magician or magus part of the card is the querent themselves, you know, and the Sagittarius might be the sort of system that they're fitting themselves into, but uh, that they're there to do a, a very particular thing. Uh, that they have the skills to do to make mm-hmm. manifest. It's also mm-hmm. a card of bright ideas for me yeah. too. So yeah. either this person is going to provide some really good ideas to this team and be a good fit for that, or they're going to get some good ideas from working with these people. Yeah. There's, it's a card of brilliance, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I always associate this card with deliveries <laughs> yeah. of all kinds, well, yeah. like delivering Mercury. on a promise or yep. delivering a package or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Messages. Um, yeah. Did Mail. I tell you that in Singapore, I put eight of wands luggage talismans on my yeah, suitcases? Yeah, that's awesome. And it was great. They all came, yep, they came back a- to me in like record time. It was great. So, I mean, I think what this card suggests is smooth, speedy transactions and communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that seems like, you know, Pretty good for this offer that you're considering. All right. Next one. Number 19. When can I expect to move out of California? That's a tough one. When? Wait, this is the one that's got a, it's yeah, a double question. it's a double question. So we want, that's maybe, the one we want? Well, that's or? the second one. 18 was the... Shall we read them both and sort of... Yeah, why don't we do them together and yeah. kind of figure it out because it's the same mm-hmm. person, not sure what they're going to ask. So right. they first say... What will my life look like if I establish a farm animal sanctuary somewhere in the middle of the U.S.? And then they said, when can I expect to move out of California? So what will their life look like if they establish a farm animal sanctuary in the middle of the U.S.? And then the second part is, uh, when can I expect to move out of California? When is really hard to predict, Mm -hmm. I think, with tarot, but... If it's within one year, we can pinpoint we can, a time. But, you know. But a, timing well, is really One thing tricky. that I've found with timing is that usually it works if there is other apt information in the card, yeah, right? So right. if it's all, sometimes tarot is very economical. It will say, okay, this is what it's going to look like, and it happens to be at this time. The timing is always secondary. You know, it doesn't always work out, but sometimes it does. Yeah. So we can just, like, mention it if it, yeah. you know. Yep. All right. I think it's your draw. All right. So should we draw up for the first part of the question or are we doing one card um, for both One card parts? for both. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Four, Four of, of discs. discs. Lord yeah. of power. Lord of power. Power, 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 <laughs> power. So that first part was um, about the what farm it will sanctuary. What look like if they establish the farm animal sanctuary in the middle of the U.S. Okay. That's interesting. It seems like it will have some financial successes, I would say, mm-hmm. being a, a pentacles card and um, the card of the vault, so to speak. <laughs> yes, and actually... But it also might be a little bit of 
concern about finances because it's also that card of kind of holding on. There is a sort of caution and conservatism to yes. making sure all the money stays in the bank or in the fenced-in in area. Right. <laughs> but do you remember this was associated with a patron reading that was extremely solar? And this oh, is also right. a yeah, sun. Yeah, yes, yes. This is a sun card. It is a sun as card. Well. Yeah. So that's another indication of that. Mm-hmm. I think sun in Capricorn. I would say you know you want a place that is that has some sunshine in the winter. <laughs> Perhaps. The middle of the country isn't good for that unless you're down <laughs> well, south. They can, you know, certainly find a place that is well lit wherever they go. Yeah, I'm more focused on the sun and Capricorn as being about being the boss, Mm. you know, Mm. being in charge. Also, Capricorn is a really beast-oriented Yeah, farm animals, right? right? Goats particularly, perhaps? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think there is a, a quality of leadership that goes with this card. Right, power. Now, if we are going to read any timing into it, as we said, you can only really sort of look pinpoint a time within a year, and even then, it's not always. Yeah, I mean, if correct. you're going strictly by the Deccan, it's mm-hmm. the last Deccan of Capricorn. So that would um, be that. Uh, so it would be January tenth to twentieth. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not, not it's before. it's actually so it's like the 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 winter solstice is the, it would be the two end of, discs. of January, not the beginning. Yeah. Right. 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 So it's January tenth to twentieth. Could be this year. Could be next year. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And I don't put a lot of stock in win questions. Mm. Sorry to say, but um, mm-hmm. it could it could apply. I think that there is definitely a sense of financial that's associated yeah. with this. I of, mean, as far as the part of the question, what will their life look like? It'll mm-hmm. look like arranging a lot of business things that in, that involve finances. Right. Like you might need even need to, you know, you're, you may be taking on a mortgage or a loan to get started mm-hmm. with the sanctuary. And uh, another thing that I'm just going to throw out there because I see it this so often with this card is that there may be questions of family, of your nuclear family, whether it's the family you're starting or the family you're already part of that help make this mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, you know, just this this card in particular, the fact that it has the green man on it is certainly <laughs> nice. all about, you know, the animal kingdom and the fact that it has, you know, the... um the structure on it, it it's kind of yes, really, yes. really. The looking horses like, are in the barn, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's really looking like building a structure for the animals. That's nice. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a sort of like you know, how do we as humans um, negotiate our relationship with the natural world and the animal spirits? Kind of a thing going on there, and how much money is it going to take? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Number twelve. Number 12. How do I create the belief that focusing on a writing path will be fulfilling and monetarily successful? I like the way that's phrased, creating the belief so that this person can have that kind of uh, remove the doubts that get in their way. So create the belief that a writing career can be successful, monetarily successful and creatively something. Yeah. How do I create the belief that focusing on a writing path will be fulfilling and monetarily successful? Got you. So how do they focus on the belief that that will happen. Yeah, man, I'm really familiar with this one. <laughs> mm, yeah, man. I know what you mean. Create the belief. All right. This one came out reversed, but I'm going to turn it upright to look. Okay. Ace of Cups. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Nice. That really speaks to the fulfillment side of it, I think, particularly well. I think that, well, one of the things about the Ace of Cups, I think it, it really is a card of belief. Having right, faith. faith and heart-centeredness. And of nourishing the heart, you know, because writing is such a swordsy, airy, yet erratic yeah, thing. it's very um, mm-hmm. brain rather than heart-centered. Right. And this is sort of like refocus on the thing that you love. Creating the belief, I think, is about finding the wellsprings that replenish you as a writer and being able to be grateful and mindful that you have this gift and you can use it and you have the opportunity to do so. The monetary success piece, focusing too much on that Mm. can really suck the life out of writing. 
you know, yes. because you feel unsuccessful, you feel anxious and, you know, writing is anxious as it is. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so, and the fact that this came out reversed to me reminds me a little bit when I think of the Ace of Cups reverse, I always imagine a fountain that's not being properly replenished. It's draining out. And so I would say that that is a call to focus on the things that replenish you as a writer. Mm -hmm. I see it because it's an ace and because it's cups mm -hmm. that the way to create this belief is to focus on it as a new emotional beginning, mm -hmm. a way to connect with that wellspring that you mentioned mm -hmm. that comes from being centered in what you love rather than, like you said, focusing on the pressures of writing and earning. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important, you know, what every work day that you have to write something that you love, even if it's just a sentence or a paragraph or just a little bit to remind you that's who you are so that the other priorities don't loom larger than your heart center. And to know that if you do the thing you love, so they say success will follow. Right. I think the great danger so often is that we get so discouraged that we just sort of give it up and say, you know, it's too painful to do this because I've had so much rejection and so much, so little encouragement from the universe. And, yeah, you know, that, hard. that is really hard. And the, the world of a writer is full of rejection. So part of replenishing the wellspring is learning to replenish it yourself and say, you know what? I don't care if y'all reject this. I think it's fantastic. I made it for myself and I love it. I think that's what's going on with the Ace of Cups here. All right. Number seven. What is the best approach I should take at this point with respect to my spiritual journey? Can you repeat that? What is the best approach I should take at this point with respect to my spiritual journey? Good. What I love about these questions is that you can really tell they are the thing that's most on the person's mind. Yeah, you know, that's That great. they're really concerned about. And they're so different, too. The Prince of Discs. Oh, Prince of Discs. Interesting. So, uh, best approach. The Prince of Discs. Well, there's a slow and steady quality to yeah, that. Yeah, it's definitely earth-centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that comes to mind to me is the association of the Prince of Discs with the Hierophant, you know, as a card of Taurus, and the idea that there are spiritual structures out there that may support you, mm -hmm. and that you don't have to do it all at once, you don't have to be the leader. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And that little steps are okay, incremental steps are okay. We've also got the, you can bring in the the canic miners that fall under the mm. prince's purview, which are the, uh, the four of wands mm -hmm. as the shadow card and the, uh, five and six of discs. So we have, uh, completion for the four of wands and we have worry and success. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that has really kind of come to me a little bit over the course of getting a shit ton of the five of discs <laughs> is that I think of it as having a kind of sacred doubt to it. The idea that there are things that, you know, you worry because you cannot see you, there are things you don't know. And that's where belief has to step up and fill the gaps. If you think about that progression from four of wands to five of pentacles to six of pentacles or discs, that's almost like, a magical working, you know, four of wands is like the ritual that you do. Right. Five is like, shit, is it going to work? Right. <laughs> you know? And six and then is six, like, then it does. manifests. Right. Yeah. And right. the way to manage the five is to have a certain amount of faith that it's going to work out. Yeah. Not but just also, faith, but yeah. to actively, when you hear those negative thoughts mm -hmm. and worrisome thoughts, things that are um, defeating to turn those off. To turn them off or help them productively. So, right. you know, take constructive action. If you're really super worried, it's if not going to work. If you're just spinning your wheels worrying, right. that's not a good thing. Right. That's a magical space too. So what you want to do is just do something supportive of your magical work mm -hmm. uh, or your spiritual belief or whatever it may be to help bolster it and move it along. The Prince of Discs is a long-term thinker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? So 
you know, it's important not to make any drastic moves because you are concerned that the thing that you're invested in is not working. Take the long view. And because the question is about spiritual journey, mm. I can't help but keep thinking of earth-centered religions yeah. and earth-centered spiritual practices. I agree. I agree. Um Especially, you know, it's the airy part of earth. So maybe those practices where there is a, a, a lot of communication, a lot of speech acts around the ritual practice of the earth, you know, mm -hmm. something like that could be part of it. Um, the fact that it's a prince does suggest that it's time to take action to ride forth. There's something else too that just popped into mm -hmm. my mind about it that the uh, connection with Taurus brings in the, you know, the power to keep silent, which makes me think of meditation. Mm, right. The connection of the prince with Vav, you know, the third letter of the divine name, meaning nail, again, is that sort of connection with Taurus. And it makes me think that there is an as above, so below component to it as well. Joining Spirituality is joining the divine and the mundane. So whatever path allows you to firmly anchor the bridge between the sacred and mundane for you is the way to go. Yeah. And it's also something about bringing those, you know, that connection as above, so below, bringing those spiritual practices down mm -hmm. on a practical level to work with. So this guy's nothing if he's not practical. That's you know? right. Right. It's he's, boots he's, on the ground. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's results oriented too. Yeah. So, yep. you know, I mean, that's a, that's a chaos magic thing in a sense, in the sense that you, you do not do the practice that does not show you something in real life. Yep. Okay. Good. Number 21. Oh, sorry. That's yours. Yep. Number 21 is next. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure whether the generator is repeating or not, but you'll tell not me. Yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Regarding career TV film is following the more cautious and steady path though I'm kind of tired of it, best right now, or is it better to take a risk, maybe more fulfilling, but more time-consuming, and with less immediate gain, a better mm -hmm. direction? This so want me to read this again? This is kind of yeah. a run-on run question, it's but I get, I get what they're saying. The yeah. of one of the ones so regarding before. their career, which is in TV and film, mm -hmm. is following the more cautious and steady path, even though they're tired of it, better or should they take a m risk even if it's more time consuming with less immediate gain because it's more fulfilling so should should they go with what's fulfilling in spite of the difficulties or should they follow a cautious steady career mm -hmm. path in their mm -hmm. industry right okay i guess that's the question yep that's a reasonable question okay this one came out reversed ooh knight of wands i mean knight, knight of swords, of swords yeah. or King of Swords in Rider Wade Smith, Knight of Swords in Thoth and Tabula Mundi. Okay, that's interesting, especially because it's a broadcasting, <laughs> you know, yeah, type right, right. type job. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and I'll I'll turn it right side up. I'm just yeah. noting that it came out upside down. So yeah, that's a tough one. Move or stay. I mean, the it's. There's definitely a lot of motion with knights and with mm -hmm. swords. So movement is. Is definitely Seems implied. Like it's indicated, but it's also kind of a difficult card in some ways that does mm -hmm. show that there are some hurdles. Yes. You there know, definitely what I mean? hurdles. And I think one of the things that I get from it is the idea that this will work if they are the executive. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, right. They, right. It's not like the knight, they can. The king move on to something different and then just be a follower or a worker bee. They have to be calling the shots for this to work. Mm -hmm. I would agree. It's the fiery part of air. So, you know, they have to be the one coming up with the ideas. With the enthusiasm, mm -hmm. you know, the lift. Yeah. And the deciding, you know. Yeah. Let's see. Gemini. Yeah. Gemini, the eight of swords. Yeah, I got this card today. The nine of swords. And the seven and the, uh, of The seven discs. of discs. Yep. 
Yeah. So there's definitely some some hurdles in in doing that that mm-hmm. you, even though it's more fulfilling and I think this person might be aware of it because you know they said it may be more fulfilling but it's also more time consuming with less immediate gain and I think that's probably the case. Yes. And <laughs> if you think about the 7 of discs there is that no immediate gain thing but also emphasizing the fact that they must learn from the past experience whatever that was in the previous job. Don't make those mistakes. Yeah. You know? Right. right. <laughs> it's interesting that you have the sequence from Seven of Discs to Eight of Swords because they both have this quality of wait for the right time, wait for the right time, you know, don't freak out if it doesn't come out yeah. immediately. Right. <laughs> yeah. And Nine of Swords is, you know, <laughs> there could be some sleepless nights. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Next one. Number 11. How can we see more light than dark in the world? Ooh, what a good question. Mm-hmm, interesting. That's hard, right? That's a hard question, but... Really good, though. You know, the, this person was aware that it's a more universal question, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it's still valid. It's valid, yeah. I think many of us ask that question right now. How can we see more light than dark in the world? Ooh. Ooh. Five of discs. Oh, there's your sacred death. We were just talking about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. The fact that someone is asking how they can see more light than dark in the world indicates that sometimes they don't. Right. This is a card pointing to that. And, you know, what do you do when that happens? Mm -hmm. When you feel isolated and when you feel like everything's broken. When you feel like this material world is not satisfying in some way or, right. or not or not able to give you what you want like a lack this is a card about fearing fear and lack so how do you turn that around right and i think that one of the things i've always thought about this card is like you know there's something fundamentally intention about it because mercury is you know the lock picker and Taurus is the keeper of the keys, right? right? And the two of them are are very much at odds at times. Um, there's Mercury is accustomed to being able to move freely and to pass between different realms with ease. And this card doesn't let you do that. Yeah. Sometimes I've been literally locked out with this card. So what do we do? <laughs> I think, you know, it's about being aware when these defeating thoughts are present. Mm-hmm. and not letting them spiral out of control. That's right. One of the things that is important to remember is that each miner does come with a special skill. And although Mercury may not be at his strongest in Taurus, he does have a skill here. And that skill has to do with planning. You know, worrying is just the flip side of planning. So the agricultural metaphor in the Deccan commentaries that we see is the dividing of the land, you know, the geometry and the skill of planting things exactly where they need to go. Uh, we also see that in the Prince of Discs a little bit, you know, that idea that you pay extreme attention to things in advance to forestall disaster later or to ensure greatest su- success. So if you can't see you know, the success at the moment, if you can't see the light, then the way to deal with that is to work within the system, you know, work within the system and plant the seeds of future success with the best skills that you can Mm -hmm. that are available to you right now. You know, if you look at the related majors for this card, you have the magician and the hierophant. Both of those cards, interestingly enough, have this as above, so below quality. They absolutely so it's, do. You know, looking to the divine, looking to the spiritual and figuring out how to manifest it down here. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, we think of the magician as sort of like being that manifester of things as above, so below, so that They're things are reflected. They're both conduits of heaven to earth. And the hierophant is the bridge between them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like the hierophant is this sort of established structure for doing that, whereas the magician is the one that sort of uh, does a runaround and sort of says, okay, I'm going to take this shortcut from imagination to reality. So, you know, one of the things that the church does for people is create that bridge in a sort of established way, saying this is the road that we know works. And one of the things the magician can do is say, look, that's not really working that great. And here are s- several adjustments I would like to make. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's interesting. We're doing this on the day of the climate 
protests all over the country. And it's like, people are saying, look, this system's seriously broken. We're worried about the earth. Exactly. About this material plane. Right. With good reason. Yeah, with good reason. So this is what we're going to do you know, within our capacity as ordinary citizens, because that is our, that is our strength. Okay. Come on, Google three. I don't think we did that one. Three we did not do. Okay. Okay. What type of career should I pursue after my kids are in school? Uh, this person gives their astrological information to, I don't know sure. if that will apply, but let's just mention it. Mm-hmm. They say that they're a Libra sun, Leo moon and rising, Aries midheaven, uh, sixth house, Aries and Capricorn, Mars and Capricorn, nothing in the 10th house. We'll have that in the background. But okay, um, yeah. basically the question is, what type of career should they pursue after their kids are in school? Yeah, yeah, Libra sun with Aries moon. I think we just draw the curve. Okay. We're not, we're not it, doing an astrology reading. We're doing a tarot reading. But if it comes up that it resonates with the astrological info, right. we'll go with that. Right. It might say, okay, this is something that your moon might be good at or yeah. something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So. What type um, of career should they pursue after their kids are in school? Such a good question that many people are wondering. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I'm not feeling it. Okay. This is it. All right. Came out upside down. It is the Prince of Swords. Prince of Swords. Okay. Something mental. Yeah, something Air mental. of air. <laughs> something very cerebral. Air of it air, sounds very yeah, cerebral. Yeah. Air of air, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something with a lot of variety, I would say. Could be. Could be. I the think, association with, you know, mm-hmm, Gemini. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is, oh, this is not Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah, you yeah. know, variety, because something about this guy, he's pulled in many directions. Yeah, there's an idealism, wise. too, from yeah. the Aquarius, I think. Yep. You know, I often think of this guy as being the talkative idealist. <laughs> yeah. So could be like an advocacy job, that kind of lawyering, representing people. Definitely not shy. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um contacts mm-hmm. with others. Probably. Yeah, speech and writing, perhaps. Humanity contacts mm-hmm. with Aquarius uh, yeah. being prominent. Yeah, yeah. Idealism. Um, policy, um, perhaps. Yeah, what is best for everyone. Right. Something with high ideals. That's right. Um, and something that you feel that you can intellectually defend. Yeah. This is one of the fighter fighter princes. <laughs> yeah, and and if you look at the Deccans, you know we have the six of swords, science, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, the five of swords, defeat, and the four of uh, discs, power. Yeah, yeah. There's a definite motion in the progression of those three within this card towards solving the problem. Right. It's mm-hmm. sort of like here are the roots of of power. Here is here is what it's like going into battle and winning or losing. And then here is how we move away from this sort of like impossible, difficult situation into something that everyone can agree on, even though it may be a distant goal. So, you know, there's that sort of like the six of swords as the, as the end point and the ideal for this prince, um, where, Ultimately, we come to something that everyone can live with and we move on. Definitely something cerebral and possibly yeah. even in the sciences with the Could science be. card in there, you know. Could be. Something Could be, intellectual. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder. It could you be know, words too, you know, air could and air. Be words. Something could to be do with speech, writing could and be speech. Text. Yep. Yeah. Interestingly, I often get Aquarius related cards for marketing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Marketing, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, getting the air word of out. air, getting the yeah. words out. Yeah. Yeah. So the reversal, I don't know. I think it, I'm just going to throw out there that this may refer to something that you are already familiar with, something that you may have done in the past before kids, you know, uh, something you wanted to do before. Right. Returning to mm-hmm. it, going back to. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's possible, but it's definitely important for you to be able to use your verbal capabilities. And I do wonder if it has anything to do with education or children, just because the mm. court crest is a child's head. Yeah, haven't thought of that. Hmm. Okay, five. Uh, five. Okay. 
Will my family move to Oregon? We live in South Florida. Be a positive one for us. So if they move to Oregon from South Florida, will it be positive? A okay, positive what will move. This look like? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people are thinking about moving these days. It does seem that way, doesn't it? <laughs> and that is a huge change. Wow. Right. To Oregon from South Florida. Yeah, to Oregon a- from South Florida. Yeah. Got you. I thought it was the other way. No, to Oregon from South Florida. No. The lovers. Ooh. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. I think it'll be pretty good. Uh Yeah, there is that sort of like... Freedom to choose. Yeah. Aspect about it. And a lot of, uh, probably a lot of new things, a lot learning Mm -hmm. new things, variety of things. Um, Yeah, this is definitely going to be a life changer mm -hmm. if they do it. Um, Yeah, definitely. We we see that with the the major and the lovers. Yeah. A lot of analyzing different things, different aspects. Um, Will it be positive? I say yes. I say yes. I think the lovers is always, always comes with kind of a little bit of fear and trembling because it's such a choices to make, big choices to make. Yeah. Will it be positive? But you have to, you know, in the card, it's got the sword and the stone there. You have to make a sacrifice of something Something and and to grab a hold of something else. That's right. Something must be given up. One twin must be killed. (laughs) Right. And what? that's probably the sunny South Florida climate. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's the, um, what's the path? It's, uh, it's from the Binat to, to Ferret, right? Yes. Yeah. From the mother to the son. So in a sense, you know, there is this quality of the, of the move being the offspring of mm. things they've done already. The, this is also associated with the eight, nine, and ten of, swords. So I think there is a a push to kind of make up your mind for good on it, you know, yeah, not go back and forth. Mm. And you know, there's something about this card always about making choices. Mm -hmm. How about the choices to choose to see it as a positive thing? Yes. If it's happening, choose to make it positive. I think that's true. I think there's something about this card that is a little bit, you know, your choices are what you make of them. Yeah. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. And being able to, um, I always think of the connection between the lovers and, and temperance or art and how opposites are present in both cards. You know, it's easy to see both sides of this decision, why it might be good, why it might be bad. Once you make the decision. Focus on the good. Focus on yeah. the good, no matter what you decide. And I think it will be a positive thing for them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I do, too. All right. Good. So at this point in the recording, it turned out that we were halfway through. We'd done 13 readings, and we had 13 more to go. So this concludes part one of the readings episode. If you submitted a question and did not hear the answer here, do not fear. You will hear your answer on the second half of the recording, which will be our next episode. So be sure to tune in next time and we'll see you then.